as we kick off our series, I thought it would be appropriate for me to talk to you about you know, teams and making sure that when it comes to your spiritual decision in life that, you are, that you've made the right choice and make a clear distinction between the two sides. You know, in our culture today, people choose sides on everything. I mean, it's a little bit overwhelming at times to see some of the oddities going on with people who are so, you know, rabid about certain things, like just let's go to politics for just a second. I mean, people are choosing sides, I get it, but the way we're like handling it now, it's, it's a little bit crazy, you know, it's kind of Republican, Democrat, there's uh, independents too, but not as many of those, and, and, and people are choosing sides, and they're like, this is my team, and as a matter of fact, it's so wonky that, like, people now, like, if you're not on my team, and you're like family, I don't want you around. People are doing that. They're doing that to friends. So that's a little weird, but people are choosing sides politically. You see them choose sides on big things. You see it with little things like soda. Okay, some of you are Coke and some of you are Pepsi. <laughs> and that's just it. Some of you are so rabid about your soda choice that if you go to a restaurant, let's say you like Coke products and you sit down and you ask for a Coke and they say, we only have Pepsi products, you leave. <laughs> You're like, I'm out of here. This ain't my deal. And so there's people, some of you, this is you, like you're strong about, about that. And then in sports, we're, we're talking about some sports themes here anyways in this series. And many of you have your team that you root for. You know, when I was growing up, and it's kind of this way today, the teams are a little down right now, but, but growing up in this state, it was really Gators versus Seminoles. I mean, that was it. Do we have any, any Seminole fans in here? We had three last service. It looks like six here. Any Gator fans? Whoa. Whoa. Okay. Some Canes. Yeah, we, you know, I don't like any of them. I like USF. And, and, um, and yet that's very hard right now, I admit. But uh, even computers. Mac versus PC. And people will swear by them like, oh, I'm a Mac. Who's the Mac people? Any Mac, Apple products? PC, in PC, yeah, Android, all that. Okay, so we have that little rivalry going. In our church, there's a massive rivalry going on right within our church right now. Pastor Rusty versus Pastor Eddie. It's a big, oh, oh, some team Eddie here. Hey, look, uh, that is great. We're choosing sides, but have you considered the side that you've chosen now spiritually? I'm going to put this image behind me because I want to I wanna just make it as clear as I possibly can in our time together. Uh, they can put that image up for me, and I just want to walk through it with you if we can. Ta-da. Okay. In the spiritual realm, it's one way or the other. You are either without Jesus or with Jesus. There's a dividing line. It's black and white. It is not gray. It's either one or the other. Which side have you chosen? Because you've chosen. You've made the decision. Which side have you you chosen? You've either met Jesus Christ and invited him in as Lord and Savior of your life. You have a relationship with God or you haven't. If you're unsure, I would say it's pretty clear you're here on this side. Deuteronomy chapter nine gives us a a set of scriptures that I think are 
very relevant in, in explaining the difference in the teams here. And I want to give this to you. We're going a little Old Testament, and we're going to look at this text that brings us to this moment in history where God's people, the Israelites, they've left that bondage and the slavery in Egypt, and they've come to this place where they're going to cross over into this land that God has promised them. They're about to step into this land, and they're going to cross over this river Jordan. The moment in history that we're looking at brings us right to the cusp of that river's edge, brings us right to this moment in history of the crossover, brings us to this moment of understanding like there is a defining decision happening of people who are with God and people who are not with God. It, it says this in Deuteronomy 9 and verse 1. It says, Hear, O Israel, you are now about to cross the Jordan to go in and dispossess nations greater and stronger than you with large cities that have walls up to the sky. The people are strong and tall, the Anakites. These are enemies of God. And so what we're getting here is this revealing from God that says, it says you're about to cross over and you're going to take this land. There are enemies there. There are adversaries, big time, tall, nemesis looking type stuff. But you're going to have victory over them. I love that, but then it goes on and says, you know about, look, you know about the enemy. You, you know about them. You've heard it said, who could stand up against the Anakites? But be assured today that the Lord your God is the one who goes ahead of you like a devouring fire. He will destroy them. He will subdue them before you, and you will drive them out and annihilate them quickly as the Lord has promised you. The Lord has promised that they will annihilate the enemy. That's pretty tough. You, did you know God can be tough? He, he can be tough. And he's making a promise here that, that those who are against God are going to be taken down. It, it, it's not easy to sometimes do self-examination and say like, yeah, maybe I need to have a little clarity about about where I stand. And when you look at the text that we're reading here, it does make it clear that there are people who are with God and there are people who are against God and, and that there's a, a difference between the two. As a matter of fact, I love how you know we take this crossing over of the Jordan River and really apply that to you and I today in 2022. Because now I'm, I'm reading out of Old Testament. We have New Testament is what we're kind of in now, right? Jesus has died on the cross, risen from the dead, ascended into heaven. He's forgiven us for those who believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, forgiven us our sin, and now we await. We're in the time period where we await the return of, of Jesus. But we know that for where we are today in 2022, we can look at this crossing over of the Jordan all back that time ago and apply it to now. When you say yes to Jesus Christ, you cross over from death to life. When you say yes to Jesus Christ, it's something like a crossover. You cross over from darkness to light. You go from being blind to being able to see. You go from being against God to being for God. You're walking away from the bondage and the slavery of sin and into the freedom and forgiveness of Jesus Christ. Have you crossed over in your life? Uh, today, you're either in one place or the other, and I hope 
to make it very clear. I know there's always people in the audience who'll say things like, well, Pastor Gary, I, mean, I feel like I'm kind of in the middle somewhere. No, you're not. As a matter of fact, we used to say growing up, if you're in the middle, it's where you get run over. Don't walk down the middle. You get run over. So you don't want to be in the middle. You, you, you got to choose, choose a side. I know, though, that there are some who would say, I'm just kind of, Pastor Gary, I just feel like I'm indifferent about this. I'll, I'll just tell you this. There are two types of, of people that go against God, two types. There's one group that are hostile towards God, just hostile towards them. Uh, there's another group that's indifferent towards God. They go against God, but just one's hostile and one uh, claims to be indifferent. I would argue that there's probably very few people watching this or right here at the sound of my voice that would say they're hostile towards God. But there are probably many people that would say they're kind of indifferent. And, and I would remind you that in either scenario, you are against God. Uh, people, people will say, well, yeah, Pastor God, I don't know. I don't really oppose God. I just don't care. I, the church, whatever. I mean, the cross, Jesus. Uh, you know, I, I just come to church anyways when I'm pressured and it's really not a big deal to me. Maybe something sentimental is going on for our family like Christmas or Easter and maybe I go to church then. I'm not, I'm, Pastor Gary, I'm not against God. I just, I'm indifferent. No, it, it's black or white and I hope this is a reality check for you as we go through this. Determine your side that You'll pay close attention, especially if you would say that you're indifferent. You know, when you cross over, we talk about, we talk about things in the church. We say like, hey, when you make that decision, you're saved. Have you ever wondered, saved from what? I, I want to help you through that. If you're choosing, if you're choosing a relationship with Jesus Christ, uh, you're choosing this winning side. I want to share with you what you're saved from. I want to I want you to know what you have victory over on this team. And so I put four things in your notes that I think are critical, and, and I'll give these to you. I wrote in your notes, when game day comes, there's only one side that wins over these things, and they're, they're so valuable for the team that, that I'm on. I'm so grateful. Here's the first one. You have victory over, on this team here, you have victory over the power of sin. Man, that's... It's been a radical thing for me in my life. First of all, have you ever had anything in your life that you felt like it had power over you? It's like, oh my gosh, like that thing, it feels like it has power. I'll just say like in the food realm, <laughs> uh, I have a sweet tooth and it's dangerous for me to get certain sweets in front of me because I feel like they have a power over me at times. So I'll, I've said before, first of all, ice cream, blizzards, I said that, like I, I have a problem with that. If we go to Dairy Queen and I order the jumbo deal and you, I'll finish mine and if you don't finish yours, I'll finish yours. And my kids, I'll just take theirs as well. And so I, uh, ice cream is, is one, certainly uh, birthday cake is another. Like I have a, with good birthday cake. Like, I have a really hard time with that. You know, I have to push away from that. And I don't like, you know, today in our culture, they, it feels like now people are trying to make birthday cake with, like, whipped cream topping. Don't give me whipped. Give me the lard. You know, I don't know what is it they put in the fat. And I want the real icing. Don't give me that, that other stuff. But that's very tempting for me. And, and then I'll say, like, a, a box of Little Debbie's I can hammer, especially... Oatmeal cream pie, Swiss cake rolls, some of my favorites. And, and I won't just eat one. You know, I'll eat many of them. And so, uh, you know, you probably have your, 
your own little things as well that, that you deal with maybe in the food realm. Well, I can tell you in the spiritual realm, for the first 28 years of my life, I was powerless to sin. Powerless. I couldn't stop sinning. You know, and, and I think you can try for a little while, and some of you have done this. You know, you're not a believer, but you tried to be a good person for a while. And you can do it for like a week, two days, three days, a week, a month. Maybe you can get a good, get a good year under your belt, you know, to try to, to try to at least do something different than you used to do. But then we, we come right back to that thing that we said we'd never do, and it feels like it just owns us. For 28 years, that was me. I made a decision. Invite Christ into my life, and I got this power to start dealing with my sin. If you're a child of God here today, you've invited Christ into your life. You get this relationship with Jesus Christ, but you have access now to the Holy Spirit of God, which gives you the power that you need to defeat those struggles and those difficulties that you're facing at times in your life. It's one of the most incredible things that we have access to as believers in Romans chapter 6. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, Paul is clear about how incredible this power is. And if you have ever experienced the, the helper and the Holy Spirit give you this power over sin and difficulty in your life, you know exactly how incredible it could be. Uh, but the Bible is clear, just because we become a believer in Christ doesn't mean we stop sinning. And we have, we have, we have struggles that, that we have to deal with. Paul talked about sin in the present tense that he was struggling with. Things. He's dealing with, I have to say, I, I sinned yesterday. I know, I have to, to be honest with you. Some of you are like, oh, goody, tell us, preacher boy, what did you do so bad? You don't, and, and I'll just tell you, you know, um, I cut a guy off in traffic, and he got upset with me, and so he came around me, and he gave me that finger, and I could see as he was doing it, he was doing it, he was driving up right next to me to hang for a second. And I'm not going to give the finger back to him, but I did what maybe some of you have done, and he's doing that, and he's being real mean. And I just kind of, I just went, hey, you know, just kind of, and I was doing it to irritate him, and I know it. I was doing it to irritate him, and then, you know, as the car went by, I said, I said to, uh, I, or my daughter said to me, well, Dad, you're waving at that guy. Do you know him? And I said, no, but he's a jerk. I know that much. He's a jerk. And, and so this thing was, I, I, unhealthy thoughts were developing, you know, right there on, on the highway, and, and that can be a struggle, and you have your own struggles, and don't judge me about my driving. I've seen some of you drive, <laughs> and that's why we don't put New Walk bumper stickers on our cars, because some of you are terrible, and you do it right here in the parking lot. I've seen it. Bad deal here, and then you're giving the bird to our parking people. That's, that's a problem. The Israelites, God had set them free from, from slavery. And did you know that and the Israelites crossed over that river? Did, did they stop sinning? No. But it was God that always brought them back to where they needed to be. And in my life today, though I may make mistakes, it is God that brings me into the right positioning that I need to be in. He brings us this conviction. As some of you right now, you'd say, well, well you know, when I sin, I don't feel real guilty. I, I would say you're over here. 
because it is the spirit of God that brings spirit of conviction to not want to live in a way that it's not with God. And it causes me to want to live in right living. The Holy Spirit of God convicts us. The Spirit convicts us into repentance. What is repentance? It's turning away from sin and turning towards God. Make that decision. It's a decision uh, to live for the things of God. We, we invite Christ into our life for the forgiveness of our sin to cleanse us and make us new. Some people will say, Pastor, I, I don't know where I stand. I do know I prayed a prayer once not to go to hell because you were at a church and the, the pastor was preaching and he was literally scaring the hell out of you when you, when you heard the message. Like he was talking about hell and you said, well, I don't want to go to hell. Can I tell you, no one's in heaven because they prayed they don't want to go to hell. But the people who are on this team are people who prayed and, and my salvation really began with a prayer. And many of you, it did as well. But it's a prayer that, on belief that is trust. Trusting in Christ for the forgiveness of my sin. That he was God's one and only son. And I admit that I have gotten it wrong in my life. But, but man, I, I know it is Christ that can set things right for me. And, and, and give me forgiveness. And allow me to have relationship with the heavenly father. And so it's for the people who invite him in. And confess with their mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. Not sprinkled, you were sprinkled as a baby, or you were confirmed, or you were dunked, or you went to vacation Bible school 10 years in a row, or your daddy was a preacher. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about accepting Christ for the forgiveness of your sin and trusting him with your life as Lord and Savior. So when we invite Christ into our life, we're still going to struggle uh, you're not set free from the presence of sin. It's around you. It's there. It's there every day, but you're having access to that power, and it's a difference maker. You know, we take a trip uh, every year. I lead a trip with a group of men. We go to a place in Georgia, and it's, we take the trip. It's called Wild at Heart. In a few weeks, I'm taking the trip with a group of men. Yeah, and I'm excited about the trip, but, you know, we get off the bus when we arrive at our location, and we have to go over this hill to get to our campsite, and I, I was warning this one guy, like, hey, are you ready to go? I was talking a little trash to him because he's really buff, and he was physically fit, and so I'm like, hey, you ready to go over this little hill? And he's, you know, like, come on, man, look at me, and this guy was cut. I mean, he, and he had the swagger, you know, and he was just, don't, like, come on, I can go over the hill. Well, you know, it's one thing to be cut. It's another thing to have cardio. It's two different things. And so I'm like, all right, well, we, you know, three minutes up the hill, he's, <gasps> and I'm just walking right past him, you know, after all that trash talk, I'm walking right past him. And the difference was I had the power, had that cardio power, and he didn't. And when you and I in our life have access to God, the Holy Spirit of God, we have a power that when the hills of life come and the difficulties of life come, it gives us a strength to keep climbing when others are running out of gas. In verse three, it says, be assured today that the Lord your God is the one who goes ahead of you like a devouring fire, Romans 8, 2. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the what? The power of sin that leads 
to death. Know this this morning. When you're on this team, you can overcome anything that Satan brings your way. And that's a good team to be on. Here's the next thing in, in your notes. With, with a relationship with God, you have a power and a victory over a meaningless life. And who would want to say they're living a meaningless life? And yet so many people feels like that's what's going on. And well, I I had this occasion a few years ago to travel around the South and I had to go to these cities and do these different things and I think one time I was in Atlanta and then I think I was in Charlotte and then I think I was um, in South Carolina uh, somewhere like Columbia and so I was in these different places and it was between January and February and it felt like everywhere I went there was snow in the South and I was like, this is like crazy. We're in the south. It's not supposed to snow. And I'm like, I don't know. They say it's talking about global warming, but I feel like it's global cooling or something is going on because this is really weird. And then what's interesting is when people in the south get snow, <laughs> you know, they're just like going crazy over the snow. And I remember at one of the locations I stayed at, I was there a couple of days and they, the kids were playing in, in the one place that I was staying, there was kids around. And Man, it had just snowed, and they went out, and they made the snowmen, you know. And because they're from the south, they really know how to do it. And so it was really janky looking, you know, the snowman. We got to one, and then another, and then they got the sticks, and they're doing their very best that they can. They were so excited that they made the snowman. And then, within two days, it was melted and gone. And they were so sad, you know, they lost their snowman. Where'd it go? They were just excited a couple of days ago. And for me, I got to say, I think for many people, this is, as I observed, this is the portrait of many people's lives. It's just washing away. You, you got excited about something a couple of days ago or a week ago or a month ago and you, that was it and you were so excited and then some things happened and it just kind of washes away and so you know what, I gotta have something else and I gotta have, I gotta have the next thing, I gotta have this and it feels like we're grasping for something but we can't seem to find it and it just washes away. It's like as the word of God talks about like we're trying to fill up our life but it's like an empty cistern. There's holes in the bottom. We keep pouring in and nothing sticks. There's so many people in our community right now, and for some of you, this is your story. Stuff just washes away. You can't find real meaning in life. Some of you are busting your butt in life, chasing to try to find something that you can hold on to that's meaningful. And it doesn't feel like it's, it's happening. There are some of you, you are wearing yourself out for a company that will not exist in 50 years. Can I ask you, what are you doing right now that will matter in 100 years? Right now. What will matter in 100 years? What difference will you have made that last? This goes to the question of what are you building your life on? We know in the scriptures that uh, Jesus makes this pretty clear. We see time and time again that anything that's built on things that are not of God, they, they wash away. They get devoured, they get burned up, they get thrown away. But the things and the lives that are built on the things of God are the things that remain, they're the things that stay. In the Old Testament, there were three cities. Uh, there were others, cities that were built on the wrong side of God. The people in the city were not living for, for God. Uh, let me give you some names. Gath, Ekron, Ashdod. You ever been to those cities? You ever been there? 
No, you haven't because they don't exist. They're gone. They're wiped away because the people there were not of God. They were against God. They stood against God. They were living a life of meaninglessness. And lives of meaninglessness are washed away, but lives that have meaning, they stand, they leave legacy, they leave legacy behind. And I love the teams that we have here at our church, people caring about making a difference, caring about bringing people to church to hear about Jesus, people who care about giving because they know we're trying to reach more people in our community, people serving on the front lines to try to make a difference. These are people that are doing stuff that will matter for generations because they know they're making a difference in somebody's life and who's going to also help somebody else. And so we're talking about building legacy. They're involved in things that will make a difference. Beyond that, they found life of meaning and purpose. In verse 4, it says, it says, as the Lord has promised you. He will give you purpose and he will give you meaning and he will set you on the right path if you're with him, not against him. Hebrews 2 and 9 and 10, it says, yes, by God's grace, uh, Jesus tasted death for everyone. He, he did that for everyone in this room. God, for whom and through whom everything was made, chose to bring many children into glory and it was only right that he should make Jesus, through his suffering, a perfect leader fit to bring them into salvation. It is, it is Jesus that brings us into the life of meaning. Ephesians 2 and 8 and 9, it says, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. It is not from, it is not from yourselves. It is a gift from God, not by works so that no one could boast. For we are God's handiwork, I said uh, a few months ago in our Blockbuster series, we're God's, in other translations, says we're God's masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared when in what? Advance. He has planned a long time ago that he would have a design and a plan for your life that would have meaning. And people over here have meaning. And people over here are living in meaninglessness. And let me give you the, the third, and, and this one's going to be difficult, but I have, I have to give you the truth. Again, that's what we're doing here. And so uh, the third one is when you're on the right team, you have victory over the wrath of God. And I, 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 I don't want to have to deal with the wrath of God. You need to know this, though, that when God makes a promise, he delivers. And there is penalty, it is problematic for a human being to push against God to reject God. God says he's going to do something, he then does it. Don't we prefer people who, when they say they're going to do something, they do it? Versus inconsistent and people who say they're going to do something and then they don't follow through. I think we... We prefer that, and we understand that, you know, that, that we read the scriptures, we understand there, there's a consequence for people who push against God. Heck, I, I, I was at a football game a year ago, and the people were, uh, uh, from the other teams, were right close to each other, and that's never a good recipe there, and they're just so, like, um, passionate about their team, and, and they started to argue, you know, that you already have teams and the passion with your team, and then mix in some alcohol, <laughs> and things can get really wonky. I, you know this, because, I, well, I saw some of you there at <laughs> the game, and so anyways, no, but, 
uh, the, the, you know, this particular moment, we had uh, two teams, one, one guy from each team, and they were yelling and barking, and then it just starts to escalate. And then it's escalating a little bit more. Finally, one of them goes after the other, and they're throwing punches, and one lands on top of the other, and then people try to pull them apart. They're trying to pull them apart. Finally, they pull them apart, and it's one guy they pull off the other, still like just going crazy. He's belligerent, and then the policeman shows up, and he starts getting belligerent with the policeman. And he gets a little closer, and, and the policeman's like, uh, 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 oh, <laughs> hold on now. It, you get a little closer, and all of a sudden, he pushes up against the policeman. Well, what would you expect might could happen in an occasion like that? It's, it's going to be a problem. You push up against an authority, it can be, it can be a problem. And, and of course, this was so cool. I watched this policeman. He did this. He said, hey, it was like, boom, boom, boom. Had the guy turned around, cuffs on him, done. And I would have expected that to probably happen in a, in a moment like that. And he took the guy away and of course when you push up and against an authority like that there are there are consequences and I want to say to you very lovingly this morning but I want to say this if you push up against God long enough you know there, there comes a day where it's done you draw your last breath and your heart is hardened and you you pushed away and it and it's done. Uh, there's an authority in our relationship with God. There's an authority with God. He says he's going to do something. He can do it, and he will do it, because he promised he would. And in this text we've been looking at, we're seeing a very clear problem for people against God. It's a problem. Let's look back at verse 3. It says this, And you will drive them out and annihilate them quickly. That just, Pastor, that just doesn't sound fair. Well, we're not talking about fair. We're talking about truth. In 2 Peter 3, 9, it says, The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, 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 no. He's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but he wants everyone to repent. Now, our God loves you, and he is being patient for you to stop pushing against him. Stop being indifferent. He's being patient. There are some of you, and you're a believer in Christ, and you know that he was patient with you. I, he was patient with me. And I thank God that he was patient. And for some of you, you're not a believer, and he is being patient with you. But there, there comes a time where that patience ends. I think it's hard to hear stuff like this. There are some of you right now, you're struggling to hear this because, well, authority is an issue for a lot of people today in our culture. To hear a truth, a black and white truth, that this is the way it is. It speaks of authority. And we live in a time today where people struggle with authority. And we all understand it starts in the home. And it's in the home where you're taught to respect authority. You're taught what authority is. And it takes place in little moments and big moments and little moments like this when our kids are acting a fool. And you say to them, if you do that one more time, there's a consequence. You push up one more time against it, there's going to be a consequence. And they do it. And you say, okay, I was kidding. <laughs> Next time. And then they do it again. You're like, all right, all right, all right. Okay, one more time. And they learn. 
to not respect authority because there's no consequences for authority. And that's coming up now, generation after generation in our culture today. And so when I stand before you today and start talking to you about authority, for some of you, it's really hard. It explains why somebody would go 90 miles an hour in a school zone while they're texting and get pulled over by a police officer and blame the police officer for the ticket. There's no understanding of what real authority is. Pastor Gary, I feel like what you're saying is that a loving God would send people to hell, and I don't believe a loving God would send anybody to hell. I would say if that's your argument, you're right. He doesn't. People choose it. They choose it. And if you have rejected him and you have rejected the cross, especially folks in America, listen, if you've rejected him, you've been indifferent about him, for you to spend an eternity separated from God, especially in America, you will have had to probably many times walked right past a bloodstained cross to get yourself into hell. And this morning, I'm presenting to you an opportunity for truth. On one side of eternity, we, we see God offering something incredible. On the other side of eternity, Deep brokenness and separation from God, but we choose, we make our choice. Our God is righteous, he is just. And I think deep down, uh, we want that, really. We want a good judge, I think we do. Uh, you, in, our, in our culture today, especially, we see uh, problems with some judges who, like, you know, they'll let somebody out like 20 or 30 times. You've been hearing about this maybe on the news. And then, you know, these were a lot of smaller offenses, and then at some point they go commit maybe a heinous crime it's a murder, and then the report comes out that this person had been released by the judge over and over and over and over again. Now, what do you think of a judge who did that and allowed a situation like that to develop? What would you say about the judge? You'd say, that's a bad judge. What's wrong with that guy or that woman? But if you hear about a case where a guy over and over and over and over again, and at some point the judge said, enough is enough, I'm locking the door, I'm throwing away the key, it's over, we would say, well, that's, it's probably about time, uh, that's probably a good judge. Shown leniency many times, but at some point said, that's it. We'd say, okay, that's a good judge. Our God is a good judge. He waits patiently, but there comes a time when it ends. Here's the last thing I want to share with you. When I made the decision uh, to say yes to Jesus Christ, uh, this was so important for me. God gave me a victory over religion. Some of you who are believers, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, victory over religion. Some of you uh, who have been depending on religion, especially, again, if you grew up in church, you're gonna really struggle with what I'm about to share with you. In fact, it could come across very offensive because you do not understand salvation. You do not understand what a relationship with Jesus is versus religion. And they're two very different things. And a relationship with Jesus Christ allows you uh, to, to, to deal with religion the way you need to deal with it and, and be done and be done with it. And in Deuteronomy 9 and verse 5, it says this. It is not because of your righteousness or your integrity that you are going to go take possession of their land. It's not because of what you do. And that's what religion is. And I'll explain that here a little bit more in a second. 
But on account of the wickedness of these nations, the Lord your God will drive them out before you. God's going to do it. To accomplish what he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, understand then that it is not because of your righteousness, your religious activities, that the Lord your God is giving you this good land to possess, for you are stiff-necked people. Religion, you, some of you know this because I share this probably once or twice a year, I'll say, let's, let's have a reminder. What is religion? Religion is when you and I think I need to do X, Y, and Z to make God love me. That's religion, activity. All right, so it's like, you know, God surely loves me, right? Because I, I went to Christian school and I memorized scriptures and I dress, you know, right at church and try to go as much as possible. God, certainly God would love me, right? That's religious activity, and that's you and I thinking that our works are what makes God love me. And what Christianity is, is that God did the work for us. He gave his son, Jesus Christ. So it's not by your works, but it's by the work of the cross in which somebody is saved, in which somebody crosses over. And so God's word then tells us that if you come before God with your religious activity, he, in essence, says you're coming to God with poop. He calls it, it's called scubala, which means poop. And, and so God says, don't come at me and say that you're made right with me because of all your religious activity. I consider it nothing but a pile of poo. And so God says, I don't celebrate your religious activity. And who would celebrate a pile of poo? Well, there's two occasions where we do, all right? When our kids finally, we've been potty training, and they finally go on the toilet. We're like, oh, you pooped. You know, we get so excited. Or maybe it's when we've been training an animal, and the animal finally goes to the bathroom in the place that you've been training them. You're like, oh, good, good, good job. But in general, we're not a culture that celebrates poop. I mean, if somebody comes to my door today and knocks on the door and says, Pastor, I got a gift for you. <laughs> Here it is. I'm like, go away. Now think about this. There are a lot of people in our culture today that plan on showing up before God in eternity and saying, here's my religious poo. And that's their plan. That's their plan. Listen to me. I am not made right by God because I read my Bible. I am not made right by God because I pray. I am not made right by God because I serve or because I go to church. I am not made right by God because I give. Because I give. I, I, I'm made right by God because of the work that Jesus did on the cross and I accepted that gift and I accepted that work as complete for my life and so I'm forgiven. And so because I put my faith in the cross, I don't have to read my Bible, but I want to read my Bible. And I want to know what God's plan and design is for me further and further. I, I, I don't have to go to church, I suppose, but, but I want to go to church. I, I don't have to pray, but I love to pray. I don't have to serve, but it's a privilege for me to serve, serve others. I don't have to give, but I consider it a privilege to financially give and support the work of the ministry. And so I understand that because of what Jesus did for me, my only acceptable response is to devote worship back to him. And so God, here, this is, this thank you, God. Which side are you on? You, you can't be in the middle. You're on one side or the other. I hope 
For some of you, you'll choose today to cross over. I love that in just a few weeks, we're gonna have a beach baptism. If you've ever been to our beach baptisms uh, in Fort DeSoto, we do one once a year, and uh, we have another one coming up in a few weeks. When people are baptized, you know what they're saying? I crossed over. It's a portrait of, you know what? I was here, and now I'm here, and you proclaim it to people. And you say, I'm confessing that Jesus Christ is Lord. I'm doing it in this step through baptism. If you're ready to be baptized, You've not been baptized since you became a believer in Christ. I hope you'll be baptized. You can let us know on the back of your Connect card. There's a place for you to say that you want to be baptized. You can just write baptism on the card and circle it. We'll get you information about our upcoming baptism. And I'll be there. I'd love to have you there and be baptized at Fort DeSoto Beach. What side are you on? I'm going to have you stand to your feet. We'll finish our time together. If you're able to stand, I know sometimes physically not everybody's able to stand, but if you're able to stand and just hold this auditorium tight and calm uh, because this is an important moment, somebody in this room this morning is going to cross over. Somebody's going to do it. And so we're going to keep this place calm because it's about to happen, and we want to make sure that we respect that others are about to decide to stop pushing up against pushing away and to decide to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior and cross over. Would you bow your heads? Nobody looking around. Let me just put it this way. Um, this might be the easiest way to start. If you're here this morning, just, just by a show of hands, you know that you crossed over. You know that you believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know that word believe is a trust. You're trusting your life with Jesus. It's clear to you. You know that you've made that decision. And um, this thing that I've put up on the screen here, it's not even a question. You know that you know. If that is you this morning, would you just lift up your hand and say, Pastor, I know, I know. Thank you. Wow. All right. I love that. I love so many people across this room. You know that. You can put your hands down. And now it brings me to this place that's so, it's a little bit difficult because some people didn't raise, a lot of people didn't raise their hand. And maybe it's because you're indifferent. Maybe it's because you're unsure. You won't talk about it. You're, you're pushing up against God, sir, ma'am. It's time to make that decision. Maybe you didn't raise your hand because you know you're not. You know exactly where you stand. You are ready. Cross over. You could do that right now just like I did, standing, I was just in church, just like you are. I invited Christ into my life right where I was. I'm gonna give you a chance to do that. I'm not gonna bring you up front and embarrass you or anything. I'm not coming out. I'm not gonna call you out, doing anything like that. I, it just with heads bowed and eyes closed and nobody looking around, you didn't raise your hand just a moment ago and you know, you know that you're on the wrong side of this and you wanna cross over and spend an eternity with God. But more than that, the spirit power of God, the strength to overcome sin, to live differently in, in your life, to find the purpose and designs and plans for a meaningful life. You can encounter that starting today by crossing over and surrendering. You're gonna say that I'm, I'm accepting, inviting Christ as Lord and Savior of my life. I'm gonna help lead you through that, but if that is you, here right now in this auditorium and you know you need to make that decision with nobody looking around, just just real quick and, and put your hand back down. Would you slip up your hand? Say, Pastor, that's me. You can just put it up and back down. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. You, you say, yep, Pastor. Yep, thank you. Put it down. Okay, let's, let's just pray together. Right now, I, 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 I talked about praying a prayer. This is, this, is a little bit, this is a little bit different here. This is a prayer that comes from your heart that says, 
that says, and I can't do it for you, but it says, God, I admit that I have chosen to live away from you, against you, to push away. But I, I admit that that sinful nature, it needs to die off. It needs to be gone. And I need to uh, know, God, that you would forgive me of that. And so I believe that Jesus Christ forgave me of my sin. He did that on the cross for me so that I could be made right, reconciled with God. I'm being forgiven right now. I believe in that gift of Jesus Christ. God, I don't understand all the next steps. I want to learn those. But right now, I just know I'm beginning that journey with you being forgiven. And I am ready today to step into a new life and a new relationship with you, God. I'm crossing over today because of Jesus Christ in my life from this day forward. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. If you began that journey today, we celebrate with you. And uh, wow.